Hello, Red Wave. Welcome to Where Bulldogs Podcast. Today, Caleb and Caleb preview the upcoming game against New Mexico. I just referred to myself in third person. That was odd. <laughs> but I did do that for, you made me do that for a little bit when I rushed your fraternity and then dropped out. But <laughs> but now we're good friends. So it, yeah. it all worked out. <laughs> I had to refer to myself in third person as the nickname that I was given. It was a good nickname though. I will say that. I like it. Uh, <laughs> well, Welcome everybody to Buero Bulldogs. Thanks for thanks for clicking play and listening to us. We are going to be previewing New Mexico, the New Mexico game. They are three and six. I'm, I'm getting right into it. Not wasting any time. They're three and six this year. Your dogs are seven and three, coming off a loss to Boise. Uh, you can listen to our recap. You don't have to, uh, but if you want to and you missed the game, you can listen to our recap. We also have a uh, like a, a roundtable for basketball if you want to listen to that. And then our last uh, kind of long-form conversation was with Tom Brandstater if you want to listen to that one as well. Okay, now we could talk New Mexico. Sorry, got sidetracked. Three and six New Mexico is coming to town. The Lobos, one and four in Mountain West. Head coach Danny Gonzalez in his second season. Caleb, let's talk about this New Mexico Lobo team. What do we know? They're three and six. What do we know about these guys? Well, uh, don't know a whole lot. Um, you know, full disclosure, haven't watched a single snap of uh, <laughs> New Mexico football this year. However, um, you know, they've been, you know, they've kind of retained the coaching staff and they have, you know, a similar identity that they've had in the past. So, Mm-hmm. Um, we know that they're going to be run heavy on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, their quarterbacks are not great and, uh, they're going to be tougher on defense. Uh, you know, their defensive coordinator is, uh, Rocky long, who was formerly the head coach of San Diego state. And he had a lot of good defenses there and just kind of brings a tough scheme on the defensive side of the ball for the Lobos. So, um, that's kind of the nutshell of what the dogs can expect is, you know, tough defense, kind of one dimensional offense uh, with running the ball, not really prolific passing and should be a recipe for success for the dogs. Mm-hmm. If we look at the schedule, they started off with Houston Baptist one by 10 played New Mexico state one by nine. Then they played Texas A&M got skunked 34 zero. Then they went to UTEP lost by seven lost to Air Force 38-10, lost to San Diego State 31-7, lost to Colorado State 36-7. Then they beat Wyoming at Wyoming, and then they lost to UNLV 31-17. Crazy college football season if you guys have been watching college football. So who knows what happens, but, you know, you see UNLV, I thought UNLV has, you know, they're a better team than what their record shows. But then you see Wyoming, they beat Wyoming, and then Wyoming goes and beats Colorado State and with a different QB. It's a crazy football season. 
when you look at that uh, schedule, does anything stand out to you on that schedule and, you know, make you question anything or no? Yes and no. Uh, it's kind of, like you mentioned, kind of an up and down performance <laughs> by this team, this New Mexico team so far. Um, but like you said, I mean, that's kind of the fun part about college football and the Mountain West Conference is, um, you know, really any team can win on a given day. I mean, granted, Fresno State is a large favorite on this one. I think we're both going to um, <laughs> wager that the dogs are going to come victorious on this one. But, um, you know, that's you know part of the fun part of Mountain West football. You know, you get different teams with different looks. I mean, Fresno State you know, started pass heavy and then relied on the run and then went more balanced. We have some teams that Fresno State's face that are really heavy with running the ball or a team like Nevada where they're going to throw the ball 60 times. Uh, so, yeah, it's been kind of fun to see kind of a whole different spectrum of, of offenses uh, from playing, you know, in conference play. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it should be interesting to see how coaching staff handles it. One thing we do know is that their starting quarterback is injured, so he will not be playing this game. But the quarterback that we get to see, we don't know because they have thrown in you know, two different guys here and there. So we'll see what happens and what quarterback we see. I don't think that it should matter too much. We got to play our game, stop the run. I don't think either, uh, either of the backups for New Mexico have proven that they can uh, be a threat in the air. So we'll, we'll see who we get. It should be fun. Um, they do sometimes come out in a triple option set, so we could see some triple option. Uh, Coach Inge was talking about how we're going to have to uh, play wide and s- stop the the outside uh, edges of the field on, on certain formations. So they give you – they're going to give us a lot of different looks, but most yeah. of the time they're going to be running the ball. Right. And, yeah, you know, with, you know, the option look, you know, that can give a team trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you think back to previous Fresno State games against Air Force Academy, I mean, Air Force has beaten down the dogs <laughs> with their option attack and just controlling the line of scrimmage, running the ball on the ground and just controlling the clock and just running it hard. So um, that is something that defense is going to have to be prepared for. And um I don't think New Mexico is going to be as tough running the ball as say in air forces and you know, really committing to it. So it shouldn't be too much of a problem, but that being said, you know, weird stuff happens. I mean, look at the last, you know, last season when Fresno state played New Mexico and lost to New Mexico right. in Albuquerque. I mean, they were up big and then um, New Mexico, I think scored four straight touchdowns to, to take back the lead and New Mexico ended up winning 49 to 39 last season just a kind of wacky weird end to the season uh, last year yeah i we talk about running the ball and you know a team that is committed to running the ball and this is my last thing on this on that is we play a team like ucla who is committed to running the ball we i, I don't want to say we struggled but it was a close game unlv we struggled San Diego State, we struggled. And then we played balanced teams, you know, Boise. And I, w- I shouldn't say Nevada's balanced, but passing. But you know, teams that are committed to running the ball, I don't think that we have completely shut down in the past few games. And teams have kind of figured out how to do that on us. 
So in that way, it worries me a little bit. But at the same time, teams that run the ball that don't have a good QB have not been able to beat us. So, you know, take it how you will. That's what I notice. Yeah, I think this is kind of lining up like we've mentioned in previous games where the Fresno State defense has to force New Mexico to throw the ball to beat the Ducks because um, mm-hmm. they just can't let them run up and down the field, control the clock, control field position, and you know win like that. They, they have to force these two inexperienced quarterbacks to try to throw the ball, and they probably won't do it successfully because they aren't Carson Strong. <laughs> but, yeah, it will be interesting to see. Um, what kind of offense New Mexico throws out. Cause you know, we've mentioned it too, that kind of seemed like every game Fresno state faced a new opponent. It was kind of a different look that that team was, was yeah. putting out on the field um, to take on the Fresno state defense. So, you know, who knows, you know, this team, you know, under 500, you know, there's still have a chance for bowl eligibility. You know, we're talking about New Mexico and, but I wouldn't rule it out that, the coaches just try to throw everything out the window and say, Hey, let's try something else. Let's try to have some fun with these guys and let's see if we can throw something weird at them and see if we can catch them off guard. Makes sense. That leads me into what is going to make you sweat this Saturday. Is it going to be something that totally unexpected? I think what'll make me sweat is if the Fresno state offensive line is (laughs) still in shambles. Um, we mentioned this in the Boise State recap that, you know, that was part of the um, the problem with the Fresno State offense in that game was that they had some injuries and it just really wasn't a cohesive unit. They weren't able to get good, uh, good run blocking, pass protection. You know, Jay Kaner sacked five times. You know, rushing attack really wasn't able to get things going like they needed to. And that really contributed to offense stalling out and not really being able to put points on the board. So that's really going to make me sweat is if it's more of the same, if, you know, the injured players aren't able to get back. I know probably the biggest one is going to be our center, um, Bola Schmidt. He seems to really be the kind of glue there in the middle for the offensive line. And uh, if he's not back healthy, uh, I think that's going to be a problem. I mean, thankfully, I think it was just a, a cut on his hand. I think laceration was the, <laughs> the medical term, but so, you know, you would think they could kind of tape that up and, you know, make it work. So I'm not too concerned, but you know, if they aren't able to get that figured out, then that's definitely making me sweat. Yeah. I, this is the first time in this segment's history that we have the same one, uh, but I think it's, it stands out because of how bad the line was against Boise and the struggles that we had, but I'll change it. Real quick. And I think what'll make me sweat is where New Mexico starts their possession, if that makes sense. So against Boise, we I felt that Boise, and we talked about it. We uh Boise had a really good field position, starting field position throughout that game. And so what's gonna make me sweat is if we cannot punt the ball well, whether that be kicking it far or covering the punt. Or we we did was it I can't was it Fresno State? It must have been a pro game where we kicked it into the end zone. And it was it was a touchback. Somebody ran and just booted it right in. I, I think it was a different game I was watching, but it made me think 
it made me think about Fresno State and their punting. How I don't I don't remember us fielding a ball, you know, in the five. It I it hasn't happened maybe once. I but I don't remember it. So I I would love to see New Mexico State in tough field position throughout the game. And of course, we should just score a touchdown every time and then kick it out of the back of the end zone. I think that'd be great. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) controlling the field position is crucial too for helping out the defense. And, you know, before we start recording, you were kind of pointing out some of the surprising defensive stats that the Fresno State defense has put up this year. I think we're fifth in the country and fumbles recovered. And uh, we've intercepted nine passes so far this season. So when that's happening in, um, you know, negative, field position for New Mexico, that's just going to be better for the Fresno State team. So I like that combination of uh, yeah, being able to control the field position. <laughs> it's going to bug me now after this this one where they just hit it right into the end zone. It was the silliest looking play ever. But anyways, everybody dance now. We had our uh, what's going to make us sweat, but what is going to make us dance this Saturday? Caleb, go ahead. Sticking on the, the injury theme, if uh, if both Fresno State running backs, Ronnie Rivers and Jordan Mims, are both healthy and both running hard, um, that's going to make me dance. Because, um, yeah, last game against Boise State, it, it really seemed like not having Jordan Mims there as a solid, you know, backup relief option um, for Rivers uh, was really kind of – crippled the, the offense a little mm-hmm. bit because you know we were relying on Ronnie and you know he's very capable back you know he's holds you know almost every record <laughs> in the record book for rushing and you know we definitely have trust in him but it's so nice to have you know Mims back there you knowing he can come in at any time and perform just as well as as Rivers back there so um, I'll be dancing if they're both healthy and they both get a good amount of touches so Let's get uh, let's give Ronnie his twenty touches, and uh, I'd like to see Jordan get at least you know 10, 10 carries on the ground. Do you know how many touchdowns Ronnie Rivers has? I don't know. Five all season. Do you know wow. how many touchdowns Jordan Mims has all season? <laughs> Probably more than that. Five. Oh, he has okay. five as well. The same. <laughs> I would love to see one of those guys score three touchdowns this game and that would make me dance i we we haven't seen the production that we thought we were going to get from ronnie rivers this season granted and we got a lot of production from jordan mims that we didn't think we were going to see this season i would love to see this be the game where both of them run for over 100 yards and uh, one of them one of them scores three touchdowns. That'd be good. And yeah, I did want to bring up just looking historically at, you know, past Fresno State and New Mexico um, games. One of my favorite games um, that I've ever witnessed in person was 2013 Fresno State versus New Mexico. So this was uh, Derek Carr's senior year. And uh, just Devontae Adams' stats for this game uh, <laughs> were video game numbers. Nine receptions, 246 receiving yards, and four touchdowns. Oh, my. Let me let me read off these touchdowns. So 57-yard uh, <laughs> touchdown reception, 44-yard touchdown reception, 
59 yard touchdown reception and 39 yard touchdown reception. So uh, I would recommend everyone if you just want a good, good laugh, um, just go on YouTube, pull up the highlights for this game. And it's just awesome because Devontae Adams just burns New Mexico all day long. And I remember being there at that game and it was just a fun one to watch. <laughs> oh, man. That, that dude's and he's crazy. He's so good. Uh, we were talking about rushing, uh, the rushing attack. And I did want to say Ronnie Rivers actually uh, is third now after the game against Boise. He's third in Fresno State history. Sorry, against Nevada. Sorry. Um, he's third in Fresno State history on career rushing yards. And he is oh, about 200. Well, he had 77 yards last game. No, no, that was our total. Um, I forget how many he had against Boise, but he's about a hundred or so yards away from passing his dad on the career rushing yards list. So there you go. There's another, and there's something else that will make me dance. If he passes his dad in the, in the career rushing yards uh, record list. Uh, also we're talking re- records. This isn't really a record, but Jake Hayner has thrown for over 3000 yards this season. And there's only seven other, excuse me, six other Bulldogs that have ever done that. Kevin Sweeney, Trent Dilfer, David Carr, Paul Pinniger, Derek Carr, and Marcus McMarion. Pretty good good company. Yep. Derek Carr did it three times. (laughs) 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 But I think there's huge opportunity against this New Mexico team. And we're making it sound like New Mexico is a bad team. And I don't want to take anything away from New Mexico, but I don't want to say that they're a great team. They haven't proven to anyone that they're a good team. So there's every opportunity for the Bulldogs to really do whatever they want. Whether that be throw for 300 yards or run for 300 yards, you know, so, uh, you and I both have the same dance now. That's let's run the ball down their throats. Uh, we've covered a lot of things that we want to see the dogs do this game, but let's pick two things, offense and defense, and let's talk about our keys to the game. Okay. Key. We'll start on defense uh, for me. The key is going to be uh, to get pressure on the New Mexico mm-hmm. quarterback. So, uh, friendly defense is going to have to overcome a uh, slight hurdle. Uh, you know, defensive end David Perales was penalized uh, the previous game for targeting, which uh, does result in kind of a carryover uh, suspension. So he's not available for the first half of this game. So uh, the rest of the defensive line is going to have to pick up the slack. Uh, you know, thankfully, you know, pretty deep uh, uh, defensive line like we've mentioned. Oh, Kwame Jones is going to come in. Oh, yeah. darn. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like not a, not a bad backup to have coming off the bench and, you know, hard, hard he to even call, call, by the call way. a backup, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think that's going to be the key is just consistent pressure from the defensive line, forcing the quarterbacks to, you know, make bad decisions or in the situations where they're not comfortable because, I think both quarterbacks have only completed like 10 or 12 passes on the season. So um, definitely not something they're comfortable with. So that's going to be a big key for, for the defense. Yeah. Dan, 
Dang, did you, you stole mine again. I was going to say <laughs> sacks. We need to get sacks. I would love to see some sacks. Uh, I, I, I'll stay with that. Uh, I think that we have to get pressure. And I would not, not only pressure, but sacks. So if yep. we can do that, I think we're going to be fine on defense. Yep. All right. What's your, what's your offensive key? My offensive key is to for everyone to get healthy this week and then stay healthy <laughs> during the game so we could go to San Jose and kick their butt as well. But in all seriousness, my offensive key to the game is Jordan Mims and Ronnie Rivers running the ball. And the the key to that is the offensive line getting a big push. So number one, the offensive line needs to be good this game. Keep people off of Jake, keep people off our running backs, at least let them, you know, get three yards down the field before, you know, before they get hit, open up a hole for them. Uh, That's what I would like to see them do. Um, I want to see some improvement from last Saturday. Yep, I agree. My offensive key, kind of along the same line, is going to be like just playing smarter football. Um, limit the penalties. We can't be having false starts and <laughs> dumb holding penalties, and especially at home. I mean, you know, the crowd's not going. You know, crowd noise is not a factor. You know, we can control that. So, you know, smart play on the offensive line, you know, no mistakes and just play a clean football game. Let's run up the score and, um, you know, mm-hmm. show out for those seniors. Yeah. We have to get back to Fresno state bulldog football. I'm, we were so far gone from that after the Boise game, we just go back to the basics. Sometimes you got to do that. And I, I think this is the perfect time to do it. And it's not a huge risk when you're playing New Mexico, but they did get the better of us last year. So mm-hmm. still got to come out and play hard. Uh, you have the list of those seniors because it has been very weird looking at rosters this year. They say senior, but some of them are technically juniors. The other seniors are actually seniors, but they still have another year. And then the other senior, they're actually done. So you have the list. Who are the guys that we are going to be honoring this Saturday? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So this is the last last home game of the season for Fresno State. So that means it's senior day. So honoring um, the players that no longer have eligibility. And uh, it's kind of funny listening to the coaches in their press conference. And they even admitted that, you know, even just this past week, they were kind of going through their list and checking you know, which players are actually, you know, exhausted their eligibility. So kind of funny that, you know, even the coaching staff is, you know, having a hard time keeping track of, uh, you know, they're who, the same boat we are <laughs> exactly so uh yeah so the following list is uh the you know, list of players that will not be returning because uh, they have run out of eligibility so uh we got nick abs offensive line alex akingbulu offensive line kevin atkins d-line deron bland defensive back ryan baum boem he's defensive line jason diaz uh, not sure what he plays kenny Gagnon, not sure what he plays. Uh, Kwame Jones, defensive line. Tyson Maeva, linebacker. 
Aaron Mosby, defensive line, Deontay Perry, defensive back, Ronnie Rivers, running back, uh, Juan Rodriguez, tight end, Cesar Silva, kicker, Matt Smith, center, Jacob Westbury, long snapper, and Carrick Wheatfall, wide receiver. 17 total seniors who have exhausted their eligibility, as it says here. <laughs> uh, you want to say anything that uh, you could think about? Because we talked about some things when we look at this uh, list of guys leaving. Uh, but what, what stands out to you? I mean, probably the hardest hit you know, position group is going to be the defensive line, um, just with the three studs you know, running out of time, uh, Atkins, Jones, and Aaron Mosby. So, um, you know, that's going to be a tougher rebuild for next season. So hopefully um, recruits are coming in, we're able to reload and keep, you know, that, that pressure going. Uh, on the other side, you know, on the specialists, you know, running back and wide receivers, still not a lot of room clearing up in you know, those <laughs> positions. And so it's going to be interesting how the coaches are able to handle that which players, you know, either move on after the season, you know, whether that's transfer portal or whether that's, you know, testing the waters for the NFL draft. So, um, yeah, I, you know, this probably just complicates the life of a coach because, you know, I'm sure they love having, you know, extra eligibility for their players, but at the same time, you know, they, they have new recruits coming in who are, you know, expecting playing time and yeah, it's gotta be a tough balancing act. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with, one wide receiver is leaving. I've, I, that's the number one thing that sticks out to me. One wide receiver, uh, we're loaded. Depends on if guys leave and go to the NFL, transfer. Uh, one running back is leaving. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but so we're going to be just fine. We, well, we should hopefully should be. Uh, <laughs> two starting O linemen. So we'll, we'll see how that affects us. Um, back to the game though, I, I did want to bring up, well, let's talk some, like some logistics here. Um, 19th meeting between the Bulldogs and the Lobos dogs lead the series 13, five, no surprise there. We've won 10 out of the last 12. One of those losses being last year. So we've had their number for a while games at home this Saturday. Caleb, can you give us the update on uh, time if we're on TV? I think there's something different with the TV this this time around and weather and things like that. Yep. So we got another 4 p.m. local kickoff, which has been a nice time for most of us. I know that's tougher for Caleb to be able to <laughs> get to the game. but um, I didn't know we, the time of this one. When you said that, it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So... Uh, four o'clock kickoff that is broadcast on TV uh, locally. Uh, so on uh, the CW 59 with local broadcast, um, it's going to be rough. Uh, usually the local broadcast isn't great. So uh, we would recommend to just tuning in on the radio and listen to Bulldog Sports Network with Paul, Coach Hill and Cam. Um, you know, they're they're the best in the business. So definitely get you know a better experience listening to them um that would be our recommendation but uh well, should maybe be the cw is gonna step up their camera game and you know the <laughs> the graphic game a little bit 
Let's this hope. Time. Let's hope. Last last season's game was was tough. Uh, I think they had the Cal Poly game this year. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, so that's what we got for um, the Saturday. Weather should be nice. I think it's a high of 72 degrees mm. and uh, partly cloudy. So um, not really chilly football weather yet, but should be pleasant for um, the red wave showing up. So yeah, hopefully red wave is. Um, not too discouraged from the last uh, Fresno State performance and, you know, still shows up and, uh, you know, keeps that loud atmosphere going because the Boise State game was awesome. Full stadium, crowd was loud, and it would be good to keep that going. I'm a little skeptical. Uh, I know that a lot of the fans were kind of disheartened by, you know, that blowout that uh, the dogs took on, but uh, we're optimistic that, it's going to be a great game. And, uh, you know, the team does still have an opportunity to get to the Mountain West Championship. So there is still a lot to play for. Uh, yeah, we we do not control our destiny, so we got to win. We, uh, <laughs> we got to win. Um, spread, we are 24.5-point favorites currently. I know those things change the closer they get to game time. But what's today? Tuesday, and it's – we're 24 and a half point uh, point favorites over unders at 51 24 and a half is a lot for this football, this football team, this Fresno state football team that's been struggling recently on the offensive end. I would be okay with 24 and a half. If I see we have all our starters back on the offensive line, but I know we won't know that until we see them line up because this is just how the coaches work. And I like that. And I respect that. Uh, well, I would, how are you feeling about this 24 and a half? Yeah. I mean, it seems like every time this season, Fresno State has had that much of a, uh, a favoring, it just doesn't go well. And, you know, obviously the dogs are playing to win, you know, they aren't playing to you know cover for the gamblers. So um, I think my score estimate for the game, I'm going to say uh, 27-13 Fresno State victory. So I'm thinking wow. it's going to be a little lower scoring. And uh, defense is going to do its job. New Mexico State's not – or New Mexico, excuse me, is not going to be able to – really move the ball that much. Um, I think Fresno State offense isn't going to be as explosive. Um, and, yeah, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that they put up 50. But, uh, yeah, I'm going I'm going low. I'm going 27-13, uh, Fresno State victory. I am going 31-6, dogs. Nice. So, I, I think it should be a good game for us. Should be a good bounce-back game for us Um, but there is work to be done you have to play the game as always Uh, and that's why we play them that's right oh and then you know coach DeBoer said you know in his press conference that you know the team can't let Boise State beat them twice and you know they're gonna have to forget about that game move on new game new week we're going one and though this week Mm -hmm. and yeah I mean if Fresno State wins this game, wins the next game. There's a shot that they could end up in the championship game. So mm-hmm. got to take it one week at a time, do what they need to do. <laughs> We're going to need some help, and I want to explain that situation really quick 
Um, if you don't know, San Diego State and Nevada are now ahead of us in the West Division because we have lost two conference games. They have both lost one to us. Nevada and San Diego State play each other this weekend. So the winner of that game will be in first, and we will jump to second due to the head-to-head. And then we need a loss from the team that wins that game. So that's what we're looking at right now. San Diego State and Nevada, they play each other. Then San Diego State has UNLV and Boise, which, in my opinion, are two tough games. Nevada, after San Diego State, has Air Force and Colorado State, which are two tough games. So it's very possible that that can happen, but we need to take care of, take care of our business and finish strong. Mm-hmm. So other than that, Anything that we missed on this game that we that we need to cover? I think that's just about it. Um, you know, expect the dogs to bounce back. You know, the coaches in the press conference reiterated how you know disappointed the team was, but that also you know how determined they were to get back on the practice field, get in the film room, figure out what they needed to address, and you know really fight back. Um, so the the overall atmosphere seemed like. Um, you know, we're still in this, let's keep fighting. You know, we still got two more games this season, hopefully, um, you know, a championship game and then a bowl game after that. So didn't seem like this team's counted out They're They're still fighting. So yeah, look, look for the dogs to bounce back and you know get back in the wood column. Thanks for listening to red wave. Let's show up for these boys in the last one of the season. Uh, please don't get into a fight. Um, <laughs> 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 Uh, oh, stay safe, stay healthy. God bless. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.